Up World. Pass first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. Listen to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Make sure you download the app and join me this week on Thursday at 6 p.m. West Coast time to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. This episode is also the latest edition of Mailbag Monday, our weekly mailbag show answering listeners' submitted questions all episode long. We do this every single week. Neither snow nor rain nor heat nor gloom of night will keep mailbag away from your ears. I record on Monday nights, post it on Tuesdays. If you want to get involved in the future, there's two ways to do it. You can just tweet at me, at Mike G. Rich. It helps if you tag it as Mailbag Monday. That way I know you're not just sending me a thought on the internet, but you want it in the show. Or you can wait for Monday mornings around 9 a.m. Pacific time when I send out a tweet soliciting your questions. You respond to that tweet. I'll do my best to get you in the show. If you're not a Twitter user or just someone who doesn't tweet, you can email the show. LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com is the address. LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com. Today's episode is going to come with some more parameters than your typical mailbag. I got a ton of questions about CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard's health and the Blazers defense and what to do with Mello and Terry Stotts' future job status and potential replacements for him. And I decided we're going to not, we're not doing those this week. First of all, we always talk about the Blazers defense and Terry Stotts. Uh, we, we all could use a week off of mailbag that's exactly that, like thematically focused. Um... But in addition, I recorded a podcast on Sunday that basically laid out where I think the Blazers are. Like, it was a Blazers sort of state of the union. I think this season is is pretty much done. I think Dame isn't healthy. I think it's obvious. I think if you rest him, it's over. And if you continue to play him, it might be over anyways. Like, I've given you the doom and gloom. I don't want that. I want some mindless cheerfulness. I think if you follow this team... If you were listening to this podcast with sort of like the state that the Blazers are in, you're a big fan of this team and you deserve some just mindful, mindless cheerfulness. And so that's that's what we're going to do in today's mailbag. We're going to lean into the nonsense. It's not like there's no Blazers questions in here, but for the folks that asked me sort of like uh, real serious basketball stuff, we're just tabling that because guess what? The Blazers play the Pacers and then at the Grizzlies on a back-to-back and then the Nets this weekend and then after that a back-to-back against Boston and Atlanta. There's going to be time to be worried about them losing games because they're going to lose games into the future and we will get there. Also, this is a daily podcast, so just come back tomorrow and we'll be talking more serious basketball stuff. That's just kind of how it works. But I want to give all of us a deserved sort of reprieve from freaking out about this team. Let's just let's just enjoy sort of the goofiness of basketball and maybe think about this season in a lighter tone. On that note, the first question comes from Tim who says, can you think of a better movie that this Blazer season reminds you of? I'm going with James Cameron's Titanic. So, first of all, shout out to getting the director's name in that. I definitely wouldn't have known Titanic without James Cameron, but I I do think that the movie probably is technically called James Cameron's Titanic because my man James Cameron loves to get his name up front. So I think that's a little too on the nose, right? Like that, that movie is about the boat crashing. That's like specifically what this movie is about. And I don't think this Blazers season is, was about the boat crashing. Like that's not how this was supposed to end. This was, um, you know, you didn't go into this season being like, oh man, when the boat crashes, that's certainly going to be something. And then you had to sit through like, um, you know, a weird romance to get there. You just, you, you, 
the the boat started to crash like in the midway through the season and it was a bit of a surprise um this would be like if titanic was called like happy boat and then all of a sudden the iceberg came out of nowhere and it was you know damien lord's lower body injuries i actually think what this what this season reminds me of is jurassic park 2 seems like a cool idea jurassic park 1 kicks ass it's an all-time great film um but there's some cool new elements. Like in Jurassic Park 2, there's flying dinosaurs all of a sudden. Hell yeah, flying dinosaurs is going to be tight. It's kind of like Norman Powell. You know it's good. It's kind of fun in the movie. But then it just doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't end that well. It's, it gets, it's just not a particularly good film. It's kind of a dud. And maybe you were excited about it because you remembered another version of that movie that was pretty darn good and will hold up for a long time. See the 2019 Portland Trailblazers season. But you end up stuck in the sequel and it's bad news and then there's a third movie and it's even worse. I hope we don't end up with JP3 uh, here in the near future. But yeah, the Blazers season reminds me of Jurassic Park 2. This next question comes from Simon who asks, The team recently hired Aisha Jones to the front office as the director of basketball strategy and planning. With that said, what is her role exactly? And does, does this have a possible effect in the Olshay Stotts era or maybe the end of the era? I don't think it has any impact on that. Uh, Neil Olshay hired someone to join his staff. I don't understand um, why someone joining the front office would be the end of his um, career, right? <laughs> or end of his era. Uh, and the Stotts era ending is totally independent of this. Totally independent. What this is, is adding um, another mind and another someone who's been around the league and coached, you know, assistant coach in the WNBA and played in the WNBA, was a very high-level basketball player in Asia Jones, to the to the basketball uh front office team this isn't it's like um it's not exactly the coaching it's not part of the coaching staff but it's part of sort of the basketball decision maker staff and this is someone who's played a lot of high level basketball and can be in on the making those decisions what like her day-to-day role is i'm not 100 percent sure and i'll when neil speaks publicly i'll be sure to ask like what that looks like um but this is this is just this is adding talent to um this is adding you know adding talent to the front office that's that's what this hire is Next question comes from Daniel, who asks, With Nurk being in and out of the games with injury so often, and Ennis Cantor showing that he can offer more than Nurk at this point, is it time to move on from Nurk and find a more defensive-minded center? Aaron Pierce at Aaron1Punch on Twitter says, Is the team more competitive with Ennis starting? It seems like he brings some intangibles when he is in with Dame. So, I mean, no. The answer to both these questions is probably no. Um... Yusuf Nurkic, his lack of availability is troubling, but um, when he is available, he's much better than Ennis Cantor. You can know that by watching the games. He's a much better defensive player. He opens up what the Blazers can do on offense by uh, his ability to pass. They can run way more offense through him. Uh, he's he's a better pick-and-roll partner with Dame because he gives a few more options in terms of diving or rolling short and then passing or even popping out, although <laughs> I don't care for the Nurkic pick-and-pops too much. But Ennis Cantor is really, 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 really good at what he does. He's really good at what he does. He's an elite offensive rebounder, one of the best to ever probably uh, be an offensive rebounder in the league. Anyone as, as good at grabbing his own teammates' missed shots as there's ever been in the NBA. He's fantastic at it. He's a, he's a really good low post score against certain matchups. But he is limited on defense. And like I said, you can know that Nurk is better by watching with your eyes, or you can get look at the numbers. Both of them, to me, suggest the exact same thing. So let's just look at the Dame-CJ-Norm-Roko-Nurk 
starting lineup. That group has a 118 offensive rating together and a 103.8 defensive rating together. That is a plus 14.2 net rating. That is pretty darn good. The problem is when that group doesn't play, right? But if you just sub Ennis in with that group, you say, well, hey, let's compare apples to apples. Let's say when Ennis plays with the the starters, are they as good? And the answer is they are historically good on offense, a 132.6 offensive rating, and then a 113.8 defensive rating. Very bad on defense still. The net rating is spectacular because that's exactly what Ennis gives you. He is an elite offensive player, but he you cannot it's very hard to put together a good defensive team with Ennis. And part of the Blazers' calculation is that Damon CJ aren't particularly good def- defensive players, so you need to put competent defensive players around them. Uh, you can't add particularly at center, particularly at that spot, you can't have an, another negative there. I understand, like, you know, 18.8 net rating. You're like, they're crushing teams when on the f- floor, but uh significant not too many only 166 possessions both these are uh, numbers are per cleaning the glass.com so really limited sample size it it matches what i see with my eyes the blaze ennis Cantor is an awesome offensive player and in certain matchups kicks ass but if you play him a bunch his defensive limitations show up and he can get um he can be a real liability there and just quite frankly if when he has been good like he was he he outplayed in 2019 playoffs. He outplayed Stephen Adams in the first round. Then he out, and then he played great. He didn't outplay uh, uh, Jokic by any means, but he was really good in that series. And because those are are, are more stationary centers, uh, can't, uh, Adams just doesn't have much offense. And Jokic, I mean. He, Look at the numbers. He had an awesome series, but Cantor held his own because he's not super, super mobile. You know, Cantor put up a really good fight against him. Uh, He struggled a little bit late in the series after he got hurt, but he was really good. In matchup-specific times, Ennis Cantor, an awesome choice. If you're just trying to be as good as you possibly can be, Nurk is the Nurk is the obvious selection. I think the concerns about Nurk's injury are are fair or injury history and injury sort of um, line string of injuries. Totally fair, totally reasonable. But the idea that Ennis Cantor is like better or even like a a useful fill, more than just sort of a useful fill in is kind of silly to me. What he is isn't a kick ass offensive player who should be used in a limited role, which is exactly what the Blazers have him doing. He's best at where the Blazers what the Blazers have asked him to do. Let's come back in the second segment and answer more of your questions on this delightful Mailbag Monday. But before we do that, let's talk about Locker Room. It's the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I will be hosting the Locked on Blazers show once a week. Yeah, that's right. You can finally join in on the conversation that you listen to here every single day. Uh, Locker Room today, like as I'm recording this on Monday evening, uh, have announced that they've not only have, it's all available on all iOS devices, but now for the first time they've launched a beta version of the app for Android users. So that means if you have a cell phone or a mobile device rather, you can join me in the conversation on Locker Room. Uh, if you're looking, if you're curious about Locker Room, you know I've played a couple of the uh, chats we've had um, in the in the this very podcast feed the last couple weeks. It's just a live version of this podcast, basically. But you'll find fans just like you having watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, reacting to the biggest news and the latest rumors. And you'll have a chance to chat with me, like I said. Uh, this week, it's going to be Thursday evening. So look for that. The, the Locked on a Blazer show on Thursday evening at about 6 p.m. Uh, 
here's what you do. Go download the free Locker Room app. Like I said, all iOS devices and a beta version that's on Android. Be sure to create a profile, link to your Twitter if you've got one, join the NBA group for the latest league updates, and follow me at Mike G. Rich on there. And when my room goes live, you'll get a notification. You won't want to miss it. Like I said, Thursday, 6 p.m. this week. Can't wait to hear y'all's thoughts on the Blazers and all those things. You know, I'm editing the questions I want to answer, but if you join me on Locker Room, you'll be able to just ask them. You can, uh, you know, ask them and there's a chat function, or you can even come up on stage uh, you know, we can go back and forth, have a real life conversation. So join me there. I'm excited to see ya. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insights and analysis from the Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page and make sure you watch the live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th to May 1st. All right, let's keep it rolling with Mailbag Monday. A light, a light edition, a light and fun edition of Mailbag Monday. This next question comes from Logan Gillis, who says, how do you feel about the, these new options as potential head coaches? Damon Stoudemire, Ime Udoka, Penny Hardaway. I like all of them, but I'm, we're not doing that this week. But Logan asks a follow-up question. Or make Carmelo Anthony a player coach for next season. Now we are talking and why wait? Make Carmelo Anthony the player coach this weekend. You know who would manage Melo's minutes better than anyone else? Carmelo Anthony, because he'd say, dog, I'm in the game and the offense is running through me. Um, I don't think there's been a player coach in like a real capacity in years. I know back in the day, Tree Rollins of the like early 90s, late 80s and early 90s Atlanta Hawks was like listed as a player coach, but I don't think he was functionally a player coach, but they should bring it back. Uh, Mellow should be the player coach. Uh, if you like ISOs, the ISOs are coming back. If you like Mellow heat checks, the heat checks are coming back. They're not going anywhere. Look, um, <laughs> the, Bla- the Blazers kind of are, um, they kind of don't have like much of an identity and they don't have, they don't play defense at a particularly high level. Why not just let Mellow run this bad boy? Why not? Why not? I love it. Logan, thanks. I think it's a great idea. This next question comes from Lewis, who asks, excluding players who have been on all-star teams in the last five seasons, is there one player the Blazers could add to the current roster that instantly makes them a title contender? If so, who? So the parameters for this that I used were no one who is on a rookie scale contract anymore, because I don't think it's fair to, to just say, hey, the, you know, sort of the best rookie who hasn't made it. So I wanted guys, veterans in the league who are beyond their rookie scale contract, either have signed an extension or, or are eligible to sign an extension, uh, and who have not made an all-star team since 20, the 2017 all-star game. And boy, howdy. Does that limit your choices? The best two names I could think of, and and I, I put this out to all of you, the, the rules are, uh, and you can make your own choices, you don't have to follow mine, but it's, it's players who have not been an all-star in the last five seasons. And my best choices to make, uh, to sort of improve the Blazers would be OG Ananobi and Jonathan Isaac. Now, Jonathan Isaac was an elite defender, maybe was going to be an all-NBA def- all type defender uh, before he tore his ACL unclear what he's going to be like when he gets back. OG Ananobi, I'm not sure he makes an all-defensive team this year, but he kicks ass. He can guard all five positions. He is an awesome defensive player. That said, neither of those two gentlemen 
instantly makes the Blazers a title contender. And that's kind of like where they're at, right? Like I don't, the, the, the bar to, to win a championship is probably like two, two top 15 players or, in, or if you're like the, what the Raptors were in 2019, it's like one of the top five players in the NBA and then eight of the 30 best defenders in the world around them. Um, it's, it's the bar is high. The bar is high, and the Blazers aren't particularly close to getting to that bar. And so, I don't think adding OG Ananobi makes them a title contender. Certainly makes them a lot better. Adding Jonathan Isaac's length certainly makes them a lot better. Um, that's they would be, you know, they'd be in the upper echelon. And maybe the the West is more wide open this year than I'm giving it credit for. And and the Blazers taking like a big step up with that type of just like random addition defensive wing really pushes them pushes them further along. But uh, I don't, I don't think non-All-Stars over the last five seasons, I'm not sure you add one of any one of those folks and you get a title contender. In that same vein, our next question comes from Tyson Alger, who asks, if you could add one player from the Blazers' past who would absolutely not help this team, but make it more fun to watch, who would that be? So a lot, a lot of people responded to this, and none of them got my guy. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. Uh, many people tried to steal my thunder on the uh, Twitter app. That's at Tyson Alger on Twitter if you're interested. Also, you know, subscribe to The Athletic. Tyson writes about the Oregon Ducks, uh, a former colleague and a friend of mine. Thanks for the question, Tyson. Yeah, a lot of people try to steal steal my thunder and, and name some names, uh, guys who would be fun and make the Blazers not particularly much better, but more fun. And I got two names. Uh, we'll go with the one, we'll go with my second choice first. My second choice would be Darius Miles. Uh, I kind of think Darius Miles will be a, like, prime Darius Miles would be like a super freak in this generation. He would pl- probably play center on a lot of teams. Like, he would play maybe power forward, like, almost exclusively. But but some small ball center and his ability to handle um, and, and pass and run the break, like, he'd be, a, he would... With an open court, boy, howdy, would Darius Miles be good? Um, I think he might he might help the Blazers too much because he'd be like super freak Rondé Hollis Jefferson, um, but or like you know a supercharged uh, Derek Jones Jr. or something. But but I think my my sort of actual choice for who would, for who this would be because I think Darius Miles is too good because he would help because um, the 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 question reads absolutely would not help and I think Darius Miles does hit the absolutely would help so more fun to watch but would absolutely not help. There's only one choice, and it's Marion Indiana's own Zach Randolph. Listen, Zebo would not be particularly good in this era. He feasted on post-ups and getting like a steady diet of post-ups because he wasn't super, super efficient and jab steps at the at 17 feet and taking, you know, mid-range isolations. The the game done passed Zebo by. He's not much of a passer, so he's not great as a pick and roll guy. Um, he's not much of a, de- a defender in space. Like he's a good defensive player for the era when it was um, less, you know, more grit and grind, less pace in space. But with the space, boy, howdy, I don't think Zebo would be a particularly good fit for the common... Uh, style of basketball that we're playing these days and yet the Blazers need someone who would get into a fight and Zebo boy howdy he don't bluff he would he would definitely um steal off on some folks he uh you know even in his era, he wasn't afraid to scrap. And now the Blazers, like, you know, that game against the Memphis Grizzlies, Dylan Brooks talking all that mess, talking all wild. You know who would have set him straight? Zach Randolph. So yeah, get get Zach Randolph in here to scrap. Get him get him in here to to um, not only start stuff but end stuff. Uh, but I don't but don't expect him to help because um, he was just a star from another time. <laughs> 
The next question comes from Jason Tucker at Natural Glide Logo on Twitter, who asks, The Blazers hold a one-on-one tournament in practice. Who do you think wins? I take CJ myself. The handles would have guys on skates. So... Typically, when you see guys playing one-on-one on practice, it is not unlimited dribbles. It's not like playing in the backyard where you just like check up and you can dribble around or playing in the park or whatever. It's um, usually it's rules. It's like either you catch in the post um, and you go block to block and it's first to five on each side and you play um, and you know you play three uh, three rounds, you know two out of three or whatever from from either side um, and and you get either no dribbles or one dribble from the left block and the right block and you alternate or you see guys get it up top and it's three dribbles. So I don't think CJ like perfectly fits it. Like usually ones in the NBA has rules um, or has like these sort of stipulations because guys are a little too skilled and sort of the differences in skill sets and all those things. Uh, That said, yeah, I'm probably still taking CJ because of the mid-range game. I don't think the the you know the 15 dribble moves and all the counters would um would help, but I'm I'm probably taking CJ. But low key, my 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 backup choice, like if Jason, you've taken CJ and I've got to go somewhere else, Carmel Anthony. Uh, the size makes him he'll be able to shoot over the top of both Dame and CJ, who I think are going to be um, big challengers to him. He he operates well in the mid range. He operates well off a bunch of dribbles. He loves he loves to uh, like take. W- crazy one dribble shots uh if you're playing in the post obviously he's he's really good there like i think i don't know really good but he's he's capable there uh yeah i think i think if the if the blazers hold the one-on-one tournament in the way that i have watched nba guys play one-on-one post practice give me carmelo anthony although i'm going to be mad that you got cj mccollum with your first pick all right let's come back in the third segment answer more of your questions and close out this glorious mailbag monday but before we do that Let's talk about rockauto.com. Y'all know rockauto.com. It's the family business that's been serving auto part customers online for over 20 years. And you can go to their website, rockauto.com, right this very moment, and you'll be able to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And while you're there, you'll see that they've got everything you need from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps to motor oil, even new carpet. And whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, you'll be able to get everything you need in a few easy clicks and all of it will be delivered directly to your door. Plus, the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate, so you'll be able to quickly see all the parts available to your vehicle, and then you'll be able to choose the brands, the specifications, and the prices that you prefer. And best of all, it's those prices, because at rockauto.com, they're always reliably low, and they're the same for professionals as they are for the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? You don't have to do that. Instead, you can go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck. And while you're there, make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box. That way, they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Today's show is also brought to you by Bet Online. It is one heck of a weekend to get into Bet Online. What do we got? Well, we got baseball season in full swing. You can bet on all the action there. Plus, the NFL Draft, Kentucky Derby is back as we get the first leg of the Triple Crown, and all of that will be covered by the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs if you want to bet on baseball, basketball, hockey, UFC, MMA, all that good stuff. So before the next pitch, before the next dribble, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or your mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get in the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Bet online. 
your online sportsbook experts. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listen to Locked on Blazers. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked on Today podcast, where host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked on Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you already get podcasts. All right, let's keep it rolling. Close out this glorious Mailbag Monday with more mindless cheerfulness. Thomas Cogswell at Thomas Cogswell on Twitter asks, who's your favorite, been your favorite blazer to cover over the years, over the years as a reporter? Yeah. So my first year on the beat was in 2014, 15, but I was around the team uh, for the playoff run the prior season in 2014. And I kind of helped out with random, uh, basically multimedia assists is probably the best way to say it, uh, you know, prior to the Dame era and in the sort of Brandon Roy LaMarcus era. Um, but my favorite my favorite Blazer to cover over the years has been Ed, Edward Adam Davis. Ed Davis was, was the man. First of all, um, he was signed on a team that was supposed to be bad. So there were low expectations. It was always low key. But then uh, I've never met someone who was more honest in their sort of... Um, in the way that they would honestly sort of talk about the team and also talk to the reporter about how they were doing their job. You know, don't write that bullshit or like ask a better question or things like that. But also, hey, Ed, did you think this team was going to be good? Hell no. I thought I was going to be on vacation this time of year. Like he was, he was honest and funny and um, he was, you know, treated you like a person as opposed to a sort of transactional question asker, which um, the relationship between reporter and subject can often be like that. Uh, He was, he was just as cool and as honest and as, as good a dude as I've, as I've been around. Uh, I've said a bunch of times that Dame is the best superstar I've ever, I've ever worked with. He's the best athlete I've ever worked with. And that's still true. But just in terms of like low key dude, who's, you know, who has the far corner locker that doesn't get better than Ed Dame. Also, you know, go Tar Heels, duh. Next question comes from Scott Sepich at S. Sepich on Twitter. Another one of my former colleagues from the O. It's big, big day for people who worked at... Um, <laughs> at the Oregonian in 2015. Uh, Scott asks, what mid-major college will... What major... Let me try this one more time, y'all. What mid-major college team will Terry coach to a first-round upset of Indiana in 2022, thus exacting his revenge for Bobby Knight uh, on for not recruiting him? Scott adds, this may seem like a far-fetched scenario, but only because it assumes Indiana will be good enough to make the tournament in 2022. Uh, Scott, that is your Northwestern showing, and I love it. Uh, I mean, in all seriousness, cannot imagine anyone who coaches in the NBA going back to coach in college. It is a worst gig. Uh, Terry specifically, that is no way it's going to happen. But when he does end up coaching at Indiana in 2022, the mid-major program that will upset him is the Richmond Spiders. Yeah, they're going to be tough in 2022 and they're going to knock out six-seeded Indiana and Terry Stotts in his in his. First year, you know, leading the Hoosiers back to the NCAA tournament only to get summarily dispatched by the Richmond Spiders. Yep, that's how it's going down. Make sure you post those future wagers on betonline.ag. Next question comes from Waji Iqbal at Waji Iqbal on Twitter, who asks, Since we just had the two-year anniversary, where were you for Dame's series winner against OKC, and where does that shot rank on your all-time Blazers moments? 
Um, I was the top of section 113 in on media row, about seven seats in from the aisles, sitting next to Jason Quick, um, and probably Annie Peterson on my left, if I had to guess. That's my that's my best guess for sure. Quick, uh, could have been someone else because they moved the seating around in the playoffs a little bit. But typically in between Annie and Quick. But uh, playoffs hard to say. Definitely next to Jason because I remember his reaction afterwards, um, and I remember looking at him and saying, "Holy crap!" Um, except maybe not that nice of a word. Um, so where does it rank on my memories? Uh, I, for me, it's his second best shot. I think the .9 shot's just better because it, the the .9 shot one, it's first. There's 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 a there is a there is something special about being first. I think the thirty seven footer, the bad shot, was is an objectively cooler moment. Like the Blazers grab a defensive rebound. Dame went and snatched it out of Al Farouk Aminu's hands under the basket. He dribbles, you know, 50 feet up the court. And you can see him sizing it up. And, and in the moment, you realize, oh, wow, he's going to have to shoot from there. And then he does. And then he swishes it. And then he waves goodbye to his bitter rival. And then he takes a lap around the court, kind of soaking it in. It was just the degree of difficulty, the moment, the bitterness, the the all of that makes it like an objectively cooler moment because shooting the ball from 40 feet away is cool as hell. And he, and he did it to cap off a 50-point performance and eliminate a team from the playoffs and basically uh, totally send a franchise in a in a spiraling in a very, very different direction than the one they were in, say, when the game started that evening. But point nine's a better moment. The Blazers kind of, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge carried the Blazers to a overtime win in game one, a really close win in game two, and then all of a sudden they were, you know, after having full control of the series, winning two on the road, found themselves in a really, a really tough, tough uh, battle, I guess, but tough, tough series. Uh, game five in Houston, the Rockets looked like they were not going to lose another game in Toyota Center. I was in the building for that one as well. Uh, and, you know, they were just, the Rockets had figured it out. They put Omer Ashik on, on LaMarcus Aldridge. Like they had, they had solved some of the puzzle, right? And when Chandler Parsons grabbed an offensive rebound and flipped it in with 0.9 seconds left, the game was over and maybe the series was over. If that goes back to game seven, see ya. <laughs> like Houston wins and the Blazers 2-0 series, like 2-0 lead on the road becomes another just heartbreaking moment. But Dame claps, runs around the circle and runs around the arc, I mean, and um, to quote Nicholas Nanpe, not on Mike, not in the studio, he, the game was over with 0.9 seconds left, and then the good guys won. <laughs> Dame just, there was something truly special about that moment. The Blazers' first playoff win in 14 years, the history behind it, the, the all of those things. Uh, 0.9 seconds is my favorite Damian Lillard shot. Um, I know some other people compare it to the Brandon Roy shot from like 40 feet uh, to beat the Houston Rockets. Um to beat Yao Ming's Houston Rockets. That game happens like the third game of the regular season. It is in no way comparable, um, although it is very fun and very memorable. Um, the other were like sort of just random Blazer moments. Uh, Brandon Roy's 52 against Phoenix is really special. And probably the Blazer moment I like go back to the most regularly is Andre Miller scoring 52 in an overtime win at Dallas. I'll watch that on YouTube minimum once a year. It's like truly, um, <laughs> truly wonderful. Final question of the show comes from Vandervorty at S. Vandervoort on Twitter, who asks, 
If the malfunctioned Ford SUV blimp was signed to a 10-day contract, where would you slot it in the rotation? What effect would it have on and off the court? Oh man, just another absolute banger from Vander Vorty. So for those of you who don't know, in March of 2015, the Blazers had this like Ford, I think it was a Ford Expedition, but a Ford SUV blimp. And it like, and it crashed like into, in the lower bowl into like a, into one of those sort of little exits that people walk out of from from the bowl out to the out to the main concourse. It kind of got stuck there, and they spent like the better part of a quarter, half of a quarter, trying to get it out unstuck. And it it was a viral sensation. I remember asking Wesley Matthews about it after the game, like, "Hey, dog, did you see the blimp?" And he's like, "What the are you talking about? <laughs> like, what are you like?" I was playing an NBA basketball game, and I was like, "Well, dog, I was watching the blimp because it was funny." Um, just Google Blazers blimp crash and you'll, and you'll find it. If you don't know about it, you'll, you'll learn more about it. Um, you don't have to use Google. You can just search on whatever internet, uh, browser you choose. Uh, but, uh, where would the, where would the blimp play? So I think the blimp takes minutes from Nazir Little and Derek Jones Jr. Because those are the two guys that always get their minutes squeezed. I think the blimp plays like just like a slow three, like, you know, just the Blazers are so committed to playing Ennis Cantor and Carmelo Anthony that the blimp, the blimp has to take minutes from guys who are just going to naturally have their minutes reduced. I think the blimp plays a little bit of three probably has decent range. You know, it's slow, but it takes up a lot of space, which could be helpful. Um, off the court, it's, I think there's going to be some beef because it's going to take up more room on the plane. Um, I don't know how, you know, what the deal is with a hotel room in the future. Uh, you know, it, it occasionally crashes, which is going to be a problem. Or maybe it's always crashed, like it's in a state of crash while it's on this 10-day contract. So yeah, I think I think it probably plays like 12 minutes off the bench, you know, six minutes in each half, and it isn't particularly effective, but Terry sticks with it because, you know, he's he just does stuff like that. Thanks, thanks, Vandervoorde. I I loved reliving the blimp. All right, that's gonna do it. Um, if you asked a question that was more serious, like you know, we did some basketball-y stuff here, but we if you if you want to know about CJ trades or or Terry Stotts's coaching future, we're gonna keep doing that. Like I said, this is a daily podcast. Come back later this week. The Blazers play a back-to-back Tuesday against the Indiana Pacers, or today when you're listening to this against the Indiana Pacers, and then the Memphis Grizzlies, and then they play the Nets on Friday. There's a whole bunch of basketball. We'll get there. We'll get serious basketball analysis. And if you're looking for sort of like state of the Blazers, what I think about Dame, what I think about everything, look in your podcast feed for the one the episode right before this titled the blazers are headed in the wrong direction that is my sort of state of the union i gave you 35 minutes on it and i wanted to bring you 35 minutes of just mindless joy mindful mindless cheerfulness and i hope i hope this episode cheered you up i hope it gave you the the escape you needed to not worry about the doom and gloom and just think about you know zach randolph fighting people and and the blimp that crashed uh during a game once in 2015 do me a favor, tell your friends about this podcast. They can get it wherever they already listen to podcasts. Just search Locked on Blazers. will be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon. Bye.